Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for learning how to become a more effective student. And did you know this podcast is 100% gluten-free? That's right. We're not yeah. giving you any gluten. There's no... Which does mean that if we try to bake you, you will not rise with the delightful bubbles that you would find in a homemade ciabatta, for example. That's true. But And that's disappointing. But on the other hand, it is gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that I've ever risen with the delightful bubbles of I've, the ciabatta. I never loaf. have. I never have, honestly. I've never even been close to a ciabatta. <laughs> Did you know that the audio, the audio files of this podcast are also vegan? What? And they're cage-free. Eat them. Yeah. <laughs> you could eat them right up. <laughs> they're waves, and they're in the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Right now they're in your brain. They are, which is a sort of computer, kind of, or is analogous to one at least. My dad is a computer. <laughs> All right. Before this becomes just a meme fest. <laughs> yeah, that's the new podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just meme fest 2019. That's the new name of the podcast. <laughs> my name is Thomas Frank. I'm here as always with my good friend, Martin Bamey. What and a today, do. We are discussing the time is money mindset oh no both the benefits of it but also uh, i think in more uh, the, the drawbacks of it because i don't know about you but i struggle with separating my work hours from my personal hours and part of that is this very acute knowledge that my hours directly and not maybe not directly because I'm not like a lawyer or somebody who bills for their time, yeah. but I still know that the amount of hours and work I put in directly correlates to the amount of money I make. Yep. I'm not at a salary job where my salary is set by some boss and I don't really have a whole lot of like right now direct power to change it. It's like, no, I could do more videos and make more money. It's true. You could just decide tomorrow to make double the videos. I could. Which would be a terrible decision. It would be a very bad decision. What a bad decision that would be. <laughs> not even sure how good of a decision making one a week has been, especially since I, I mean, it has been like roughly one a week if you were to spread them out, but they haven't been coming out once a week. It's more like none some weeks and then two the other weeks more to like catch up. Dread and procrastination <laughs> followed by like a terrible, terrible week of <laughs> and then guilt. Oh, the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So I came across this article in The Cut, which I think is a website run by New York Magazine called The Psychological Trap. Trap? Trip? Trip? I don't know. The Psychological Trap of Freelancing by Charlotte Cowles. Cowles. Boy, I just can't pronounce names or article titles today. Oh, no. And she basically just talks about how when she started freelancing, she became very aware of this connection that her time was her money like the more hours i put in the more money i will make um and i'm trying to figure out how to s how do you silence an ipad you throw it out the window like i thought there used to be a silence oh there it is, is they're not did they change it? i just couldn't see it because because i was trying to multitask multitasking doesn't work uh tom all to... the time that you're spending on this is money that's true we could have finished the podcast like 30 seconds earlier? We could have. And made yeah. money. Let's instead. make a three-minute podcast episode. We'll keep the sponsors. It'll be like They're eight minutes of it. sponsors They're and three minutes it. of content. That, but that's efficient for us. Time is money. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be not really short-sighted <laughs> way to yeah. do things. But she was talking about how um, she started freelancing, and then she started like conflating this whole time concept with money, and it caused her a lot of stress. And then the article goes on to talk about how a lot of people, because of the gig economy, because more people are getting into freelancing, are starting to think this way, and it causes, like, unhappiness. Yeah. It makes people unhappy. And I really resonated with this article a lot. 
because I find myself just working way too often. Um, I find myself like debating in my head whether I should go downstairs at 7 p.m. with my laptop so I, should, so I could do emails while I quote unquote hang out with my girlfriend. Yeah. And I've been pretty good recently about not doing it. I've been pretty good about saying like, all right, I'm gonna let those things just sit. I wanna get them done. There's something in my brain screaming at me to get them done, but I, the world will not end if I don't get them done. There's a contract in my inbox that I should have signed like two months ago. I haven't done that yet. Oh, Nobody no. has gotten angry at me. It turns out it's fine. So I wanna talk about that. And I think that you kind of deal with some of the same problems. I do. I do. <laughs> and before we get into that, I just want to point out that I really like the phrase gig economy because it sounds like a really powered up economy, like the gig economy. Giga economy. It's pretty. I like that. I like it. But yeah, I, don't I know feel if the it's same thing all up. the time. Maybe we should do an episode on the gig economy and like pros and cons of that. But it seems like more and more people are kind of being forced into it because there's less stable salary jobs to go around. So people are like, well, I guess I'll drive Uber while writing freelance articles on my phone while driving. Yeah. And also selling pickup artist courses and running a dropshipping company while well, I, mean, I drink Soylent. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen in like several of the lifts I've been in, like they do other things. They're like, I've also got a car washing thing or I also do deliveries. I also yep. like they're running three or four things at the same time. And there have been there have been several occasions where I go into a coffee shop and I'll just like briefly overhear a conversation of someone's like, yeah, I'm getting my business off the ground, but like I'm driving Uber to make it happen, you know. And I don't know what the relative drawbacks and benefits of that are, but I want to talk about this whole time is money mindset. So first off, I think there are some benefits to understanding that time is money. So before we get into all like the doom and gloom, uh, I do want to say that. When you realize that time is money, you at least, number one, I think you get better at budgeting both of them, maybe, if you if you do it right. And number two, you realize that certain things you've done just because you want to save money, it might be better to outsource those things. Like, I don't do my taxes. Someone else does that. I don't do my laundry. Someone else does that. I don't do my own car maintenance. I let the dealer do that. And that costs me money, but saves me a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that benefits you both in a happiness area, but also in like financially as well. Because if you can spend those hours that you would have spent doing your laundry, your taxes, which you aren't good at and which don't make you money, doing the thing that does make you money, then you probably come out ahead. Like if I can make one extra video and I don't, I spend the time on that video that I would have spent on laundry or doing taxes. There's a pretty big net benefit there. Yeah. Both in terms of money, but also like in value being put out into the world. If somebody who's really good at taxes does my taxes and I put out a value, a, you know, good video, then like people got another good video. If I just do my taxes, well, my taxes got done more slowly. I lost out on potential income. I guess I saved a couple hundred bucks, but I lost out on more and there's no video. Yeah. So that works. And then from a happiness perspective, I would rather do the work that I'm good at or use my free time on things I want to do, like making music or going to the rock climbing gym or playing video games than doing my taxes. So I think there's benefit there. I don't know. I mean, have you found that you have outsourced anything that's not valuable to you? Well, I mean, some of the stuff I think everybody outsources and we just don't think about it, like the mechanic example, like mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn how to fix my car. That's a terrible use of my time. I could. I have full confidence I could figure it out given a lot of time that should not be put toward it. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I don't think I outsource a lot more than that, though. Hmm. I mean, I guess everyone outsources certain things and then they don't they don't call it outsourcing. But like if you if you go to the store and you buy oh, yeah. vegetable broth, yeah. then you have outsourced something because you're not roasting vegetables and then putting them into water well, and boiling. If you buy vegetables, you're outsourcing growing vegetables. That's true. So in a way, every I mean I'm outsourcing tons of things. Mm -hmm. But like I still do my own laundry. I still do the dishes yeah. and cook. I don't have a blue apron figuring out what to buy. Yep, and I I'm still cooking. I don't have so. blue apron anymore. I don't even know if I ever Oh, I did for like a like three weeks or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, I have only just recently stopped doing my laundry, but I used to do it. And I think there's like a stigma around a lot of things that people outsource, but like the same people who put a stigma on certain things that are outsourced, they outsource other things and it's just kind of hidden from them. They didn't, they don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's a limiting mindset. You know, I think there was a person who uh, commented on one of our podcast episodes when I mentioned that I outsource my laundry and they're just like, you're just being lazy. And I'm like, are you being lazy because you don't roast bones to make stock? Like you go to the store and buy beef broth or chicken broth or vegetable broth or whatever. Like, no, you just have chosen other priorities. Yeah. You know, so if you can outsource things you don't care about and you come out ahead financially, or even if you don't, but you're, you're willing to part with the money and you can, you can afford to, and you're still meeting your goals, then why not? Yeah, and you're helping somebody else have a job to do that thing yes, for you. Exactly. Uh, however, the time is money mindset has some drawbacks. So there's this term that was coined and I can't remember who coined it. Uh, but the term is total work where just like the totality of your existence is work or work permeates all of it. And this is definitely a problem that you and I struggle with because there's literally always something else that could be done. And it's very tempting to do it. Yeah. You know, like we could record one more podcast today if we wanted to get ahead and then I could record more videos and I could do all my emails and, set up that email marketing system that we're switching to and I could work till midnight and there'd still be more to do. There would still be plenty to do. And literally no matter how hard I work, no matter how many hours I work, there will always be more things to do. And I think part of that is when you understand that time is money and you have the ability to increase the amount of money that you're making by spending more time, there's like this just one more mindset that creeps in. I don't know if you get this, but for me, it's like I will see opportunities and I realize like, oh, there's there's room for one more. I'm doing two videos a month. Why not four? Well, why not eight videos a month? Why not 12 videos a month? I know other YouTubers who have three videos a week or I know YouTubers who have daily videos. Why couldn't I do those? Why not do another course? Why not, uh, you know, start a second podcast or a second website? Like there's always... N plus one that you could add. And, and you realize like, there's the potential to make more money there. I could meet my financial goals faster. I could save for retirement. I could do all these things. And I mentioned this in my video on um, overwhelm. There's like this voice in the back of my head that tells me you need to optimize for the things that you are really, really good at and you're already established in because your business is a force multiplier. So you don't, like you shouldn't, put your time towards learning piano or towards going to the rock climbing gym or anything that's fun because you're not optimized for those things. Like you're already established over here. So you should go further there. And the problem is like, I still want to do the things over here. I still want to play piano and I still want to tinker around with music production. I still want to go to the gym and play video games. So like those desires don't go away. And it's like this constant battle between that N plus one, like keep pushing your business further mindset and the desire to have personal pursuits and to sleep more often and hang out with friends and all these things. It feels like you get to choose between giving up all the things that would bring you joy, but aren't financially efficient Yeah, and be sad or do them and feel guilty the whole time you're doing them. Mm -hmm. And I... I mean, I, I don't have the feeling to make a new video or whatever, but I always think there's more coding stuff I could do. Yeah. There's something I could make more efficient. And I've tried to give myself, like, I'm clocking out at this time, and I'll do it for, like, a week, and it'll feel amazing. <laughs> but then the next week, I one thing happens, and I'm like, well, I'll work late today. And then something comes and up. And then I just do it over and over. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, now I don't I don't really have a time. I consider myself clocked out at this very moment. Yeah, I just kind of do. I have a bunch of stuff on my list. I wanted to do it yesterday. One task took virtually the entire day, and then now I have more. But I feel like not only should I do today's tasks, I need to do everything from yesterday I didn't have time for. Yeah. And when I failed to do that because it's too much, tomorrow I'm going to feel the same thing. So why should I have free time? I feel like I'm two or three days behind, even though I'm not really because it wasn't feasible to begin with. Yep. 
Yeah, you, you kind of feel beholden to that previous plan. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I got, I got to push like, just this once. Like, I don't do reset it. the due dates like I probably should. Sometimes I just let them stay late and I go, oh, no. Yeah. They're late. <laughs> Everything needs to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like I, I am prone to sacrificing even the time that I spend, you know, making sure my to-do list is up to date and I don't have overdue things in there because I'm just like, well, I have this thing I got to get done and I'm just going to push and keep working yeah all night until it's done you know so that that's a problem with it and it's becoming more and more of a problem there was some research that they showed in this article um i think like they, they did a survey back in 2016 and 63 people who responded said they valued money over time and i think the research has even balanced this for income so it wasn't just like people who were in poverty who wanted money it was like a lot of people even who had enough money to live and meet their expenses still valued making money over time uh, and if I'm really honest with myself, like I want to say I value time over money, but my actions don't show it. So I think I would land in that 63% as well. Yeah. You know, like we could get by doing half the videos we do. We could probably get by doing half the podcasts we do. We could do a lot less than we currently do, but we still do it. And I, I mean, I don't think we're purely just chasing money. There's always more reasons that you can use to justify the work you're doing. If you're doing more work, you're helping more people as well. But I don't know about you, but I, I just, if I'm honest with myself, my actions don't align with the mindset of somebody who values their time over money, really. I think sometimes it doesn't even really matter which one you value. Like, I think I do value time over money, but because of having to pay for like a surgery in my finger mm. and, and a bunch of car stuff, like if I find myself financially set back like that, it doesn't really matter whether I think I value time more. I'll never find out because what I value is the freedom of not having setbacks like yeah. that. So it's like the time isn't important yet until yeah. I reach some mystical point where suddenly I'll be able to have free time. And the, the sad fact is that that probably doesn't exist <laughs> because if I change the habits now, then I will get to enjoy it. But yeah. even if I hit some mystical point there, I'll still think, but what if something else happened? What if somebody lopped all of my limbs off and I had to pay for a robot body? I don't have enough money in the bank for a robot body. So my, Yeah, my mind literally goes to those places. So I need to have more money in case I need a <laughs> robot body. You know they're going to charge a lot. This is America. Maybe I need to go abroad That's for a true. robot body. Robot bodies cost a lot, and then you, you have to constantly pay for the so painkiller like, drugs when your red blood cells reject the connection where yeah, the cyborg part is it's attached. It's expensive. It's very it's, expensive. And like in that case, it's not even about whether you value time over money because in that case, it's you're so afraid of needing more money than you have yeah. that it doesn't matter what you think you would value. Yeah, you value true. safety over all of it, and safety in that case yeah. requires more money. I think that's one big part of it is as more people have to resort to like this giga economy, which that's not my term for it. Giga. <laughs> There's the giga economy. You know, more people are having to do freelancing and giga stuff, whether by choice or by just necessity, because there's not a good job for them to find. I think this is an illusion, right? Because you could be fired or let go from a normal, stable, quote-unquote, job at any time. But when you are responsible for your own income, like when you're running a business, you're doing stuff where, like, your time equals money either by billable hours or just because you're an entrepreneur and you kind of know that, I think that you feel less financial security. Even if you have savings, you know, I mean, I say that as somebody who has a pretty substantial savings, I still feel like if I stop working at the pace I'm working at now, I'm at risk of losing everything. Well, there's this, there's a quote right in there. Like it's, it isn't about how financially secure you really are, how much money you have in the bank, but how financially secure you feel that predicts whether you're willing to give up time to have more money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I grew up poor. I will always feel like I'm not financially secure almost no matter what. I can't yeah. really see a situation in which I'm I mean, maybe if I become like a multimillionaire, then I'll finally be like, I'm fine. But more than likely, I'd be yeah. concerned about protecting it now, right? Mm -hmm. You've got so much to protect then that there's still work to be done. I think that's what it is. It's like the protection of what you've built. Yeah. We have this horrible loss aversion. Yeah. So even if you have thousands in the bank and you, you know, like, I mean, I can sit down and I can do the math. I'm like, all right, even at our current burn rate, if everything literally everything shut off tomorrow 
no sponsors. Well, here, let's just find out. I'll no just, website income. Just, I'll just delete the website. I'll shut it off right delete now. It on, <laughs> delete it. Delete all my YouTube videos. Live on the podcast. All of it. Like, I can sit there and do the math. I'm like, all right, well, I've been stockpiling money in the bank because I think a recession's coming. That's one of the reasons. Uh, we could survive. You know, I mean, we could even survive for a few months and I wouldn't have to, like, fire anybody. That would work. But even doing that math, there's, like, this irrational part of my mind. It's like, if you stop working, like, you could you could lose it all overnight. And there's always justifications. You know, I think everyone in any field will have justifications. If you're a freelance web designer and you stop working, then you'll tell yourself, well, then my next client will see that my last project was three years ago and they're gonna mm. be like, he's out of the game. Yep. You know, in my case, when I when I think about not working as much or not doing as many videos or when I entertain, God forbid, the thought of taking a break for like a month, then uh, there's always this voice. It's like, yeah, well, the YouTube algorithm's gonna forget you if you take a break. You know, I think every YouTuber kind of feels that. You have your publishing schedule and you kind of worry that yeah. if, you, if you back off of that, then the, the algorithm's gonna leave you behind for the channels that are putting out more content. Well, that's what content stuff is like. It's like, yeah. that's why I quit my language blog because I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't want the pressure to write forever because I yeah. know if I have this, I will feel like I have to be consistent and I have to be forever. Yeah. That's, because that's, that's the thing. only way to keep it growing. That's the mm-hmm. only way to keep it stable. I think the the forever thing is also a big problem that you and I share where like the moment you want to start something, you're just like, well, that's forever now. Yeah. It's like, is this sustainable <laughs> for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Which is why I Let like the whole, check. the two week thing that you do with your journal. Yeah. Where you just track habits for two weeks and then afterwards you, you this reevaluate This is the longest I've had weeks. one system. Really? Ever. Okay. And you've been pretty successful with it. Yeah. The beauty of it is that it's secretly multiple systems, which is why it's the longest. It's why, it's why it's working for like half a year so far it's a with no, change no problems. Time. Yeah. It changes every single time. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to get out of that. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Hover, which is the best place on the internet to get your hands on a domain name, which if you haven't done this already, is something that you need to do. Uh, as many of you probably know, a lot of job recruiting is done on the internet these days and more and more and more of it is going to be done in the future, which means it is very important for you to establish a strong online personal brand, a way to communicate your skills, what you can do, all uh, your portfolio, all the things about you to potential colleagues or employers, or maybe in some cases, employees, if you happen to run a business like I do. But for most of you, I'm thinking it's gonna be for finding jobs. And that's certainly how it was for me back when I was in college. And back when I was in college, I registered thomasjfrank.com. I hooked that up to a personal website, put my portfolio on it. And I was able to use that to not only make myself a better and stronger job candidate for the internships I was looking for, but it also helped me land freelance web design clients, which helped me make extra money during my time as a college student. So this is something that you should definitely do as soon as you possibly can, especially due to the fact that domain names are really only owned by one person. So you wanna get your hands on the domain name that you want as soon as you can so someone else doesn't take it. Uh, This is something that I am acutely aware of since thomasfrank.com was taken many, many years before I was even on the internet and that's still kind of a bummer to this day. But at least thomasjfrank.com is pretty memorable and you even have a better domain, I think. Uh, yes, because my last name ends in M-E, so yeah. it's martinbay.me. Yeah, exactly. It's both a .me, and it's just my name. It's beautiful. It's true. It is. It's pretty memorable, though I have an even more memorable domain now. Uh, so if you want to get your domain name, Hover is the best place on the internet to do it because they have over 400 different extensions to choose from, ranging from your classic .coms and .mes, which I would probably stick to if you're going to do a professional, like personal website with a portfolio and everything. But you've also got a ton of other choices like .ninja and .limo. Uh, there's even a .lol domain name. So I now own thomas.lol. <laughs> Interesting. And I got that on Hover. Uh, And the nice thing is that when I got that on Hover, the process took literally less than 30 seconds because there is no annoying upsells, no pop-ups, just a very streamlined, easy experience to get your domain. And then once you've got it, you can easily hook it up to a professional email address like thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, which is what I have. And you can also hook it up to different website builders like Squarespace and Shopify with their connect feature. So if you want to get your domain today and get 10% off your first purchase, then head on over to hover.com slash CIG. And that's H-O-V-E-R.com slash CIG to get started. And a big thanks goes out to Hover for sponsoring this podcast and being a big supporter of our show. 
Additionally, we got to give thanks to our second sponsor, Brilliant. Brilliant is an excellent learning platform for anybody who wants to become more proficient in the areas of math or science or computer science. They have an excellent library with tons of in-depth courses ranging from calculus to algebra to math or quantitative trading in finance, science courses like gravitational physics and classical mechanics, and computer science courses like computer algorithms and computer memory. And the best part about that library of courses is that they're all built with the principle of active learning in mind, which means that from the moment you start one of their courses, from the moment you start digging into say calculus, you're going to be presented with problems. Now these problems are bite-sized, but they are challenging, which means that they engage you right away, they keep you interested, and they make you a better problem solver while you're going through those courses as well. Now in addition to the courses, they do have a great wiki with lots of example problems that you can look at. They're all solved and all the steps are worked out. So if you need to, on a just-in-time basis, you can go get the information you need and then bring it back and solve those problems. Now, in addition to their library of in-depth courses, they also have this great new feature called Daily Problems, which launched this year. And this is a feature where they release a couple of new problems every single day across a wide variety of topics. So it lets you make learning a daily habit, but it also exposes you to some new subjects that you probably haven't dug into before. So if you want to get started with that Daily Problems feature, or you want to start digging into one of their in-depth courses, then head over to brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. And if you are one of the first 83 people to sign up with that link, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription. Big thanks once again to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a supporter of our show. And let's get back into it. The studies that they did, which are referenced in this article, found that people who value time over money, uh, they were happier. But interesting that they did make decisions that enabled them to have more time. So they booked direct flights, which I do. I don't think I'd ever want to not take closer. one unless I had to. You mean a direct flight? Yeah. Yeah. Layovers suck. I've I've I never like I've never had a not direct flight, and I don't think I want to. It sounds really obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they do things like that, um, and I think that that increases happiness, but that doesn't solve the problem that we have. I think where it's just this, no. this I think like loss aversion coupled with the tendency to take on new projects and view them as ongoing forever, and I think there's also like a healthy amount of guilt in there. Oh, tons of guilt. There's tons of guilt. <laughs> well, this doesn't even necessarily stay within the realm of entrepreneurship and the gig economy, because uh, at my at my previous job, we we had to take we had to track our time, so we mm -hmm. had to write down and we have to mark whether this time was billable or non billable. My work was almost entirely non billable because I maintained servers. I protected money. I didn't yeah. make money, but because of that. Every day I'm filling this out and I'm like, I'm making no money. I'm worthless. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, like your I contribution feel like, is hidden from the bottom line. You know? And yeah, like if I'm not directly making an obvious income, I feel like I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Even though that I was managing hundreds of servers. This is not at all true. I was doing something. Yeah. But I wasn't bringing in new dollars. I was only protecting all of the previous ones. <laughs> I suppose you could have written like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., Prevented disaster that would have lost you two million dollars. Billable, one hundred percent. Yeah, but it's like, and th and that's even the case sometimes now with this. Like I make basically the same amount of money every month. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's stable, but I still feel like I, I'm. Why am I not doing something that could make the business more money? Right. Yeah. Right now, I'm. I don't. Well, right now I'm in the podcast. It's working. I, I don't feel bad right now. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it's done. What am I doing? I could. I need to be pushing the envelope somehow. Yeah. Those envelopes, they need to be on the other side of the desk or whatever. I don't understand that phrase, I guess. Yeah. Why? Where am I pushing that envelope? Well, this is something that I've been like wrestling with. Like, how much is enough? Yeah. When do you, like, when with do you business, stop? How much is enough? Because if we wanted to, we could... I mean, there's so many different vectors that we could push in. We could build like a retin link sized like full production team or crash course maybe is a better... Yeah. Um, better analogy there. We could build a full production team and have videos coming out every day with polish and graphics and animations and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I've heard John and Hank talk about how much Crash Course takes to make. It's a lot of money. Like the $30,000 a month they were making on Patreon was like covering it. What like no profit basically, <laughs> you know, cause they're, they're paying for, editors and script writers and script reviewers and film people and the hosts and yeah. uh, the animation studio, which that was a whole team upon itself. We could go in that direction. We could be bringing in, uh, you know, many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from the YouTube stuff and being paying a ton of people. We could push way harder in the article department. 
you know, we could hire a ton more writers and have more editors and we could go full on, hmm. you know, CNET level, like giant content website. We could do multiple podcasts. We could make a billion courses. There's a zillion things we could do. Yeah. And I still, I you feel know? guilty even when it's like, even if like everybody on the team has enough, I only then take it to the next level. Why am I not making $2,000 more that I could donate to charity every month? Yeah. Huh? Who am I hurting by not working right now? Yeah. Everyone. Though, though that's a, actually a good point. I, I want to... I want to figure out a way that we can like build philanthropy into the entire business model. Yeah, it's like if you if you have an efficient way to make more money and you didn't need it, that somebody else might still need it. So then, That's like, true. I yeah. can guilt myself into anything forever. Yeah, though if you go down that route, it's very easy to start making different arguments. Like, oh, you know, you should never give the charity until you're a billionaire because the more you keep the money, the more you can multiply it, and then later in life you can give like billions away instead of thousands. Or you could, you know, go the other way and All say, right. like, well, some people need that money now. It's, I don't know. I there's, guess there's I'll become endless, a billionaire. Endless arguments you could make. So I guess the question is, yeah, like, where, where is the point where it's enough? Because you get to a point where, like, all right, the business is sustaining me. And for us, it's sustaining a team of people. Do you continue to grow it? And I don't think this is just a question for me. I think it's like a question for anybody in any kind of situation because what we tend to do is kind of myopically look at the very next decision and we don't take a bigger picture view of it often enough. And we just say like, oh, well, of course I should take on that one extra video because it's a cool opportunity. Of course I should take on that travel you know, opportunity to the conference. I should do that right now. Why not? It presents me with a way to gain in some way and you know and I, I think about this like if I keep going down that path then do I eventually wake up at 40 years old running a giant company which might sound like a dream to some people but to me it sounds like a nightmare and you just re- because you realize I followed, you missed like, so much yeah I almost almost autonomously followed like a programmed path like clearly I had the choice to make a different decision at each interject or intersection, but I didn't because it's, it's not that it's like easier to go down that way physically or even mentally or creatively, but like from, I don't know, it just seems obvious to go down that path once you you're on it. Yeah. Well, and that's how you end up being like that stereotype of the business dad who's, who never sees his kids cause he's yeah. always doing some sort of thing. Mm-hmm. for work and then he realizes wait this work was really meaningless comparatively yeah so why was i not balancing this better but then it's too late mm-hmm. and you, i don't want to make like too many assumptions here but um i just i saw like this little screen grab of an interview my friend matt diavella did with gary vanderchuk recently and my brain likes to extrapolate things so i i see like they're in this conference room i think it's in gary's office and i see behind Gary, there's all these people at desks doing work, right? And for better or worse, Gary has kind of built himself as like a non-separable persona with his business. It's like VaynerMedia. He's like the face of it. Yeah. And I think he likes what he does, but I just had this thought. I'm just like, well, like what if he wanted to do something else? He's basically trapped, right? Like, because if he left, what would that mean for everyone whose livelihoods depend on that company now? Like his face is the yeah, like he, you know, it's, it's it would be pretty hard for them to just be like, oh, we're just gonna hire a new CEO and it'll all be hunky dory, it'll be fine. He's pretty pretty integrated into the business. You just find somebody with the same name, you know? Yeah, and then swap them. It's the only way. <laughs> this is Larry Vaynerchuk. Yeah, it's no relation. Same. Yeah, we just found him on the side of the That's road. That's it. Do you want to inherit this business? <laughs> <laughs> Qualifications: your name, your first name rhymes with Gary, and your last name has to be Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah. They, they can find somebody. <laughs> uh, we will also accept Rainerchuk. All right. I don't think anybody will notice the difference. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and from what he says, he seems like he's genuinely passionate about what he does. I just kind of had that thought. I was like, what if I was in his position and I started realizing like, hey, I want to go learn something new and do something else. And I guess like eventually there's always this trade-off between duty and what you want individually. But I don't think that we consider it as often as we should because a lot of the duties that we that we inherit are they're, like they're created by us. 
I don't have to hire more people, you know? Like I could wake up two years from now and have a team in three times this size, five times this size, but that would be, that would be a direct result of me going down that path that leads to that. And I can choose not to. Yeah. And that's something I think about a lot lately. Yeah. Cause not, you know, it's not only like time is money. It's like extra team members could be extra money. It could be extra impact, all these things. But is that what I want? It's, it's really difficult. I've been trying to rebalance what I'm doing this year because I want to, I want to play piano more again. Yeah. want to go challenge myself more with the t- photography, mm-hmm. but that means getting, going out to the mountains, going somewhere to take photos of things that isn't yeah. just like some flower garden over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I have, be, but the reason that I did that was because I can do that in like an hour. I can schedule it into my day. Yeah. And in order to go somewhere and do more and push, push myself on the skills that make me really happy. Well, I'm going to have to sacrifice time. I might be working. Yep. I'm going to have to say, don't work Saturday morning, which I already tell myself, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I listen. Yeah. Or in my case, I'll wake up and be like, well, this isn't work. This is just research, which is still work. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you're excited about a, a, like a work thing, mm-hmm. but then it just kind of tricks you into starting your work and then yeah. you don't ever get to the other things. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very difficult balance. Not, yeah. Not like, sure like, how to force it yet. Got to put my mom's in a mansion, you know? It's true. The you, rapper's you, you dream. Get, you do got to put your mom in a mansion, and so do I. Well, I mean, you said piano. It's a very similar thing for me. Like, I want to learn to play piano, and I also want to learn how to produce music. Like, I would like to put out music into the world. It's something I really want to do. But I still find myself accepting these work things, and that, that leaves, a, like, very little time left over. And... I'm in a situation where it's it's not like I'm forced to accept these things, you know. Like there is there's savings. Like I could I could dial down and I could go much more like all in on this thing that I want to do, but I think it's that loss aversion and that guilt and that uh, that difficulty in in dialing down, that difficulty in putting out less into the world. Yeah, because then if you needed to put out more later. You got to know, is my potential down now because mm-hmm. I missed these? Yeah. Yeah. That space in your in your resume, that gap where you didn't work as hard, will mm-hmm. that haunt you later when you do need the money? Yeah. I don't know. And, and to bring this down to the level of somebody who's maybe not running a company, you know, I think everyone has goals they want to get to. Um, I know when I was in college, like I wanted to pay off my student loans before I graduated. I was able to do that, but, you know, in a different... A timeline or a different situation it might have been much more difficult for me to do that and like does that actually does that actually matter it might but maybe it doesn't maybe it's okay if i'm paying off loans for a couple of years after graduation yeah you know am i am i an unhappy person i guess is the question so given that discussion what are some things that we can do to start valuing our time more or to at least decrease the stress that this conflation of time and money causes us. Well, see, I think it would be tempting to try and say, oh, I'm really good at structured project things. I will turn all of my hobbies into a structured work-like project. Mm. But while that may work, I feel like that's a Band-Aid over the larger issue of never giving yourself freedom because then... Like, imagine I set up this giant roadmap of piano goals that I have to hit, and I mm. treat it like a work, and then I change it, like, halfway through, I'm like, I really don't want to play piano today, but suddenly <laughs> I've just turned it into a job, so I think that's a Band-Aid, then that's yeah. not the proper solution, so how does one actually value their freedom when they're afraid <laughs> they'll lose it at any moment, and therefore they should give it away on purpose in the name of future freedom that they will never withdraw on? Yeah. I think um, looking at your priorities more often and questioning them more often is useful. Asking yourself, like, what is it that I really want to do? And if my mind is throwing up objections to this, are these based off of guilt? Are they based off of uh, irrational loss aversion? Are they based off of what other people are going to think of me? Or are they legitimate? Yeah, I think uh, examining exactly why mm-hmm. you're doing something is a good idea because i don't always think about it but then i'm just like what's the what's the deepest down fear that's stopping this yeah 
what exactly is the problem. There's probably a root problem that I've extrapolated out into this giant sense of lack of security somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, and the article mentioned this, reframing your leisure time as a necessary part of your schedule because it recharges you and makes you better at your job when you're doing it can be helpful. And that can help you to fight against that urge to always be working. Um, once you can do that, you can start to get more strict about your working hours. And I know you said you have difficulty with that, and I do too. Well, I feel like if I did it for long enough at a time mm-hmm. and learned to really respect it long term, I would start to see the benefits. I yeah. would start to see it make me work better. Mm-hmm. But if I only try it for like a week or two, I may not get to the point where I'm seeing the returns. So then I'll think, well, it doesn't make much difference. Let me work now instead. And then yeah, now it's gone. I feel like you got to wait a little bit until your body fully accepts the relaxation. Well, there's one thing that was helpful for me. Um, a few weeks ago, Anna was like, I feel like both of us just work all the time. We don't spend really quality time together. And it's kind of bumming me out. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not prioritizing you. I'm prioritizing work. Just because, you know, when you're together for so long and you're both into your own projects, it can be very easy to slip into that that mode of thinking. Yeah. I don't think it's like a deliberate, I'm going to do or prioritize my relationship. It's more just... You just like take them for seem, granted a little bit. Yeah, things seem urgent and your relationship usually doesn't seem urgent, even though you know it's very important. No. But her saying that and actually communicating it to me made it urgent. And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay, so then, yeah, and since we had that talk, I've been a lot better at being done with work at, like, 5.30 or 6. Yeah. And then I'll just go hang out with her, you know? And if things get behind my perceived important schedule, well, I guess I can evaluate over time to make sure that that important schedule wasn't actually important, but newsflash to me, it actually wasn't that important. Yeah, see, I've I've also been doing something similar to that, and it was working for, like, a week. Yeah. And then <laughs> what killed it? I got behind. Well, I was just writing this language article mm. and apparently I am the slowest editor and writer I've ever met in my <laughs> life because it literally took me all day to like pare down and simplify some sentences and yeah. and make it the way I wanted. And then the other things got behind. So because of that, I'm like I have three or four late tasks I want it done already and as soon as that happens, I enter some sort of panic mode where I throw mm. everything away and say it doesn't matter I'm late it doesn't matter I'm late it doesn't matter I'm late yep but before that it was it was actually working you know like I had this cool Spotify jazz playlist there was a candle I was like reading a book mm-hmm. that was a good night and then I was late and it didn't matter <laughs> there's no time for jazz Thelonious sit down <laughs> um Maybe maybe we need to redefine what late is. Yeah. Well, late or, is my arbitrary deadlines that I set for myself that yeah. really aren't late if I would just change them, which I might do after this episode. Or maybe the problem is the language article didn't have a proper deadline. Well, so you were kind of allowed I, to just tweak it forever. I took I took a long time on that. Well, yeah. I was supposed to be doing just like a few of these sections have too many words. And then mm. in trying to fix that, I re-edited the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very picky. Yeah, the curse of perfection. It's a miracle that I even bothered to publish it because I was still like, I'm not sure. But well, I'm glad that it's published. Yeah, you know. But that was unexpected. I'm sure, it's helpful no matter what. Well, maybe you should work to get back to that. Get back to your jazz playlist. Who is it? Thelonious Monk. Is he a jazz musician? I don't, well, he is a jazz musician, and uh, I don't know if he was on the playlist that I was listening to. John Coltrane. I, I don't remember. Kind of blue. Miles Davis. Maybe. Uh, okay. So the other things I had here. When you're on, be on. Um, focus on eliminating distractions and inefficient processes and use that all-important time off as a motivator. And uh, again, what's been very helpful for me is the fact that Anna told me, like, it's a bummer that we're not spending quality time together. So, I don't know, maybe if you're listening to this and you have a significant other or a good friend who you know is like us and has problems sacrificing their time in the name of work or money or goals or whatever it is like communicate to them i would like to hang out with you more often with like real quality time yeah by james qual because that's going to i think it's it's going to it's going to take that important aspect of your relationship and it's going to add the urgency that sometimes we need 
Um, and then uh, use you can use tools for this, like Freedom can block distracting websites. Ooh, I know. If counterintuitively, I'm... make it block your work websites when you're <laughs> off the clock. That's actually not a bad idea. I didn't even think about you're that. You're done working. No YouTube stats. I mean, I think you should just turn the computer off. Well, yeah, That's probably. But do. but uh, during you know during the day, I know I'm not always 100 percent efficient. Sometimes I'll go and get distracted by Reddit or Hacker News or something like that. So I'll block them. Block them like you block out the haters. And lastly, like the people who value time over money, know to do, outsource things you don't want to do if you can. Could be as simple as, you know, I don't don't know if, I guess having your laundry outsourced is simple, but maybe it's too expensive. But I don't know. What do you outsource? Anything? Uh, the most recent thing I outsourced was I buy frozen avocado for my smoothies now ah, rather than having to go through and figure out which ones are ripe and then cut them up and yeah. then be mad because every time I buy an avocado, it, it starts to go like slightly bad before I want to use it because yeah. it's a curse. So therefore, I just let Welch's, whoever did that, freeze it for me. <laughs> there you go. You outsourced some food prep. It worked. And yeah. it, it actually helps so much. Mm-hmm. I used to buy like the pre-cut veggies from the grocery store. Though I have since learned that I kind of enjoy cutting up vegetables. Oh, I like cutting vegetables. So I do just buy but regular produce. I but basically, for like my smoothies, I do buy the fruit. For smoothies, yeah. it's about efficiency. Yep. I don't enjoy making a smoothie. I just throw it in there. Yeah, and I guess like making a smoothie isn't outsourcing, but it is making something more efficient. Like if you don't want to take time to eat lunch, make a smoothie. Yeah. It takes very little time and it's very easy to like read while you're doing it. Uh, some things that I have outsourced, some of my email, and it takes care of it. Not all of it. We're not perfect there, but we're working on it. Uh, most of the podcast actually is outsourced. So one thing that I've had to learn as a business owner is the business will not crash and burn because I let go of something. You know, I have to figure out like what, what really needs my attention and what could somebody else learn to do? And I think the first thing was you building the last version of the website. Yeah. Turns out that you did a way better version than I would have ever done. And uh, the latest version is even more proof of that. And then you started editing the podcast for a while. And now Anna edits it. And I don't think we've ever had a single complaint about the editing on the podcast. I've never had someone be like, I can't believe you didn't edit this podcast, Thomas. This this is subpar work. Nope. Yeah, you like think everything matters. Yep. But really few things matter and it's hard to tell the difference mm-hmm. you know what? i still have problems with uh video editing like i have an editor but i will still sometimes be like well i better edit this one just because this one's too hard or this one like needs my special touch but you know what again i've never had somebody complain about the editing on a video that tony has done or that my previous editor did nope in fact one of my best performing videos ever was edited by uh someone else Hmm. so <laughs> turns out i do not need to be the one person who makes cuts on video footage or puts b-roll on top of it can be done by other people um taxes and accounting i don't do that anymore i do keep my own books and i, I do that because i want to know what is coming in what's going out of the business i want to have my finger on the pulse of that i think that's valuable for myself but doing the taxes i quit doing that five years ago and it's money well spent um car maintenance laundry those things have outsourced as well laundry has been pretty recent but i, I wouldn't go back yeah <laughs> what yep. do you just they just go to like a dry cleaner no so uh i don't know how to anna and i went to a conference back in september and we had some chats with people who are just like they've told us about how they outsource a lot of things and how they have like assistance and stuff like that and I was like, all right, I need to hire an assistant to deal with things like that. And Anna was like, or you could just pay me more money and I could do it. Aha, uh-huh, job like, opportunity found. Okay. So Anna takes care of the laundry. And I've said like, look, you could do it yourself or you could pay a service. I literally don't care. I just don't mm. want to do it myself. So, you know, do housework if you want to, or like we have the money, hire someone to do the housework. It's up to you, and I guess she is fine just doing laundry, so she does it. Yeah, I don't even know how dry cleaners work. I'm a man mm-hmm. of no culture. What, dry cleaners? Or I've never even been to one. 
Well, if, if something needs to be dry cleaned, you got to take it to the dry cleaner. I don't own things that need to be dry cleaned because I buy regular clothes. You have a suit, right? Do you think I wear that suit? I mean, like, I don't like ever. I hardly ever wear my suit. I think that's the only thing I would ever have I've, dry cleaned. I've worn it like once, twice maybe. I'm just talking about like laundry, like doing the laundry and folding it. Yeah, I'll just do that. Dry cleaning, like everyone should outsource that. I don't know if you can dry clean at home. I think you can get a bag that does dry. I don't Maybe. know. I think somebody did one once. If you got to dry clean. Anyway, this is digressing into a laundry podcast take your suit just because I realized that I don't know how that works. <laughs> but uh, They exist for a reason. I'm going to look up what that even means. Why is, why is it dry? No one knows. Yeah. Somebody knows. I'm about to learn. I don't know. I think it's like a chemical that, that cleans it without actually washing it with water. I think that's how it works. But I'm not sure. Chemical solvent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Something like that. And then maybe steam or mm. something. I'm not sure. But is it gluten free? I think it's gluten free. I need to check. I don't think they use like wheat germ. The Wikipedia entry does not sp- explicitly say gluten free. Oh, well, then maybe it doesn't. So have gluten. I, I can't it. trust that the tetrachloroethylene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anyway. not going to put that in my body either way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's that's all we had here. I just I wanted to have a discussion about this because I know I struggle a lot with not actually valuing my time as much as I would like to think that I do. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of people also have this problem. Well, we better fix this before it gets warm here. That's true. Yeah, and there's outside. I want to go hiking, and I want to yeah, go I, mountain biking. I better be things. outside when it's warm. I better not be forcing myself to work nonstop. Yeah, so. it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Good point. Well, uh, I think we've said all we need to say. So, in the interest of time, wink, I think we're going to wrap this up. So, if you want to find the show notes, which will at least have a link to the article in the cut, which is kind of the basis of this episode, and I highly recommend you read it, you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash 255 because this is episode 255 uh you can also give us a rating and review if you want to support this show you can do that on apple podcasts or itunes on your desktop platform that i believe helps us get up the rankings i don't know more reviews more good reviews is good maybe it sounds (laughs) good sounds good to me yeah uh but it also just gives us good feedback and lets us know what we can do better on the show so big appreciation uh, goes out to you if you do that also i uh, would really appreciate it if you could maybe share the podcast with a friend of yours let them know what your favorite episode is and they might become a listener as well but as always thank you just for listening just for hanging out with us do you want to find our favorite resources our favorite tools apps books uh all kinds of cool stuff like that plus our college packing guide and our essential books list you can go over to collegeofbookgeek.com resources there's all kinds of good stuff there and we're going to be optimizing that page pretty soon. Yeah. Because of Lasso. And I think that about does it. So, as always, thanks so much for hanging out with us. And we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.